For almost a century, children have been learning to read and expanding their imaginations through the illustrations and verse in Dr. Seuss's books. From easy readers like Green Eggs and Ham to the required high school graduation present, Oh, the Places You'll Go, Theodore Geisel's work is a mainstay of American childhood. But today, some of Seuss's early works have come under scrutiny and censorship for their racial insensitivity. So, we decided to get three of these controversial books down from the shelf and see what all the fuss is about. We'll read some books by Dr. Seuss, drinking gin but without juice. We'll have a drink and see what we think. That's enough of that, I say, though I could do this all the day. It's time for episode 50 of Toasting the Classics, Dr. Seuss. Kick it. Welcome, everybody, to Toasting the Classics. My name is Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. This is the uh, show where we take a classic, a reported classic, uh, analyze it. We talk about it. Talk about it. Yep. T- test it. Titrate it. Analyze Titrate it. Titrate it. Yeah. Distill it. <laughs> Taste Use it. Use mass spectrometry. Taste to it. See, uh, Jiggle it. Dance with it. And then we decide whether that thing is a classic or not because we are an authority. Between us, we arbiters, have- Arbiters of classicity. We have almost a half a decade of- of schooling. Yep. Uh, Mine's mostly having gone back to third grade 19 times, though. Well, so yeah, that does that count. Should count, but... Uh, here we are. And what are we toasting or what are we analyzing this week? We are analyzing, how shall we say this? Because sometimes we've had to make the distinction between whether we're toasting the artist or toasting the art. And let's right. just say we're talking about these three books mm-hmm. by Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel, children's illustrator. Right poet of some renown, and we're going to talk about whether these ones deserve to be classics. Okay, and what are they? They are, in order Mm -hmm. of when they were published, we got And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Mm -hmm. Then we have If I Ran the Zoo Mm -hmm. and Miguelgate's Pool. Sorry, other way around, I think. Miguelgate's Pool is 47, and then 50 is If I Ran the Zoo. But those are the three we're talking about, all of which are very early in his career. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that are not written for little tiny first readers, like Green Eggs and Ham, Cat in the Hat. Uh, those are would be, I think, on the list of classic Dr. Seuss books in most people's, bo- right. in most people's uh, ledger. But these are the ones that are a little more for bigger kids. They're, they're sort of just long poems with illustrations in them. Right. All of which have kind of a theme of imagination, I all, think, letting all, your imagination run right. wild uh, right. in different circumstances. Two of them have the same character in it. Yeah. Which, uh, I, which I was surprised by. Marco. Marco. If yeah. you'd asked me... I, I must have read Miguelgate's Pool as a child 50 times, mm. to my kids 50 times apiece. And if you ask me what was the name of the kid in Miguelgate's Pool, I would have no never idea. known. No idea what his and name the, was. The only reason you, you noticed was because... Oh, I brought ice as well. We're, well we won't run out this us. time. Usually we run out of ice. So The only reason you noticed was because they both share the same name, right? You, you, you read them back yeah. to back and you're like, wait... Marco well, Marco. I, I notice because I do the background reading sometimes for okay. the show. I go and I read about the book, and it mentioned that Marco was the name of the kid. So I was like, okay, right. I, I didn't pick up on it on my own. I'm not, I'm not a great uh, attentive reader. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a professional literary literature background like you do. So I just sort of everything just washes over me. The reason- and that, and they're named after mm-hmm. the son of the guy who got his first book published. Right. For vintage. He was a, uh, a Dartmouth friend. A Dartmouth friend, yeah. Or Dartmouth, not Dartmouth. Dartmouth. It, it is spelled Dartmouth. Dartmouth so. is that band that sang that song, uh, uh, All Star, right? Wasn't that Dartmouth? <laughs> it is spelled Dartmouth, right. so F off. McClintic, Mc, McClintic. Kind of like Gloucester Tour. Gloucester, yeah. Gloucestershire. Right. When I was a teenager, I went up to New York for one of the first times, sort of unsupervised, mm-hmm. and my friend and I were walking all over the city, we were looking for, we were trying to figure out what part of the city we were in because we just wandered mm-hmm. around. We didn't know where we were. And we asked this lady, uh, you know, where are we? How do we get to this? And she says, oh, you go over here. You turn left and get on Houston and blah, blah, blah. And so we were like, okay, thanks. We're walking away. And we look at each other. We're like, what are the odds we ask some foreign lady that doesn't know how to pronounce Houston? <laughs> <laughs> Although, honestly, Houston is correct. Houston is wrong. Well, I think we're, we're adding in sounds to Houston that aren't in Houston. Of course, that's also the most boring thing you could name a town is house town. <laughs> Hey, well, what, what what stands out about this place? That we live in? Well, it's a town what, that has houses. What the what the uh, two listeners that are remaining want to know? Right? Why are we even talking? Why are about we this? talking about this? Yeah. We're talking about the, the discrepancy between pronunciation and how <laughs> things are written, and um, I'm sure that's important in some way. Although I, I will say that that, that he always uh, he actually insisted that uh, Seuss was pronounced Soyce. Yeah, Soyce. Yeah, yeah, that's how it would be pronounced in German. That's true. I sort of learned while while reading about this how he got his name. I I must have learned it at some point in my life, but mm-hmm. I didn't. 
remember the, the story. Best, uh, I'm guessing I, I, you read it too by what we have to drink tonight, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So what are we drinking tonight? Gen because tonics. something we do on Toasting the Classics is we take a drink that's inspired by the purported classic. So we are drinking gin and tonics. Okay. Um, so the way he got his name is I believe it was in 1924. Sounds about right. He was in uh, Dartmouth or Dartmouth <laughs> College. Dartmouth Connecticut. He was the editor of the uh, the school newspaper, which oh, is called. I know what it's called, uh, Sacco or something like that. It's it's a weird name, yeah. Um, he was the editor in chief of the uh, of the uh, school newspaper, writing you know, articles and drawing cartoons. He gets busted. Jacko. Jacko. There you go. He gets busted with like eight other students in his dorm room. Uh huh. Drinking gin and juice. Nice. During Prohibition. Every, and every one of them had their cups, but none of them had chipped in. <laughs> right. That was, the, that was the worst thing about it during, during Prohibition. So it was during Prohibition. Right. And that's why they, they, they got mad was because it was during Prohibition. Uh-huh. Not that he had booze in his dorm room. I, I think that was probably fine because you could drink it at any age back then. Huh, but, that's um, an interesting – yeah, yeah, probably. And, uh, and so he, he got in trouble. Did you see how his family <clears> was personally <throat> affected by Prohibition? Uh, yes, his dad was a. They brewery. owned a brewery. Yeah, yeah his dad a was a brewery director. And they actually had trouble afterwards. Yeah. Like the uh, the headmaster of the school said, uh, you know what? As punishment, you are no allow- no longer allowed to take part in any extracurricular activities, right. including the newspaper. Right. And so he could no longer write for the newspaper. He could no, certainly no longer edit it. Uh, so he started using a pen name, and he chose the pen name of Sois. Right. As, and he would sign it just Soyce, not doctor. Didn't say where the doctor came from. Doctor came in later. Okay. Because um, he also went the story, by the story's stupid, but whatever was, Geisel is backwards was one of his names on the on Jocko. Lay something. Yeah, Les, Lesig or, or something, something like that. Yeah, he had a couple of different uh, pseudonyms. Names, yeah. Pseudonyms. For, I, was, I was like, I was like acronyms. That's not right. <laughs> well, pseudonyms cheers, on the, the paper. Way. Yeah. Cheers. Gin and tonic. Here's to. Uh, but anyway, if it hadn't been for a gin and juice, Dr. Zeus would not. This is a gin and tonic, right? Not a gin and juice. Isn't a gin and juice gin and tonic? I, I, I always thought gin and juice was something else. I mean, it wouldn't call tonic juice, would you? I don't know, would you? You're telling me Snoop Dogg was drinking gin and tonics in that song? I, I could have sworn. I guarantee it's something like something else. I don't know what juice I thought it was. Is, is Snoop Dogg not sophisticated enough to drink tonic water? I, I just can't imagine a bunch of guys hanging out in Compton in, in 1991 drinking gin and, gin and tonics. That seems weird, but maybe, gin maybe. Yeah, one. this is a good Google drink. Me right. You can't go wrong with gin and tonic. Gin and tonic is a solid cocktail. No, it's not a cocktail, is it? It's a highball. If it's just two things, right? Yeah, it's just a mixed drink. What's a highball? Uh, yeah, a mixed drink. Okay. Could be anything. All right. So I can take any two things and put them together. And the whole uh, pseudonym thing, by the way, mm-hmm. worked out perfectly because the school administration looked at the paper and they just assumed that the, the paper had picked up another guy who wrote humorous verse and anapestic oh, right. so, tetrameter. So and gin and juice is a fruity cocktail made from gin and fruit juice. Okay. All right. Unspecified fruit juice. So any so any particular juice? No, just 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 juice. Fruity okay. syrupy juice. So this is not gin. What and juice. juice do you think Snoop Dogg drinks with his gin and juice? I don't know. OJ. He actually has you know he has his own gin. Huh. It's like a cranberry or a raspberry. Fla- I think it's a raspberry flavored gin. Oof. Woof. So that that would yeah that would tell you. We uh we bought a bottle of Snoop's wine. That's not bad, actually. That's fine. What, 90, 99 Crimes or whatever it's called? No, I think, it's, I think it's just picture of Snoop Dogg on it. I think it was yeah, just I think it's Snoop. Like, some Snoop I think Dogg it's or like something. there's an, anyway. Maybe. I don't remember what it was called. But it was a perfectly acceptable mm. table wine. No problems. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't make it. <laughs> it's made like. No, it's not him. Yeah, like it's squeezing out grapes. And and he's not taking off his shoes his and walking barefoot in a huge barrel. I think he had a little bit more to do with the gin and juice. So why why did I pick these 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 particular books? Because you're just a gadfly, aren't you? You just always want to cause trouble. We couldn't have read The Cat in the Hat, which is widely beloved, universally acclaimed. We had to deal with these things. Three eggs and ham, something like that. And overall, my take is, having gone back and looked at them, that they are not equally uh, problematic. First of all, just because this is – who knows when you're going to listen to this. These were banned in 2020 or 2019? A couple years ago. Before before COVID? It was – no, I think it was during COVID because I think it was – I mean, I think that's all of a sudden we decided we had to fix all of our racial problems after George Floyd. Right. Um, including ones that had nothing to do with George Floyd. Yeah, but right. I think it was – because it was around the time a, an acquaintance of ours lost his mind. And I remember having a conversation with him about this, mm. which was after the election. About this, really? About this, which was – Trump was elected in 2020. So this was in early 2021, I think. 
But that, that, that he was elected in right. 2016. No, no. Uh, sorry, when he, when he when he when Biden was elected, oh, okay, when Trump okay. the Trump. Uh, sorry, when when my friend thought that Trump was elected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, All right. So that was November of 2020. So I think it was after that. Was it? After I think that? it was after the election. So it was very. Re- you know, it was. Very it recent. was pretty recently. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it might have even been. But 2021. in any case, these these three were declared banned uh-huh. by uh, by both. Interestingly enough, by both the. Like the publisher Ameri- themselves by both the American Library Association, which oh, okay. which sort of ran. Okay, so Dr. Seuss on Theodore Geisel's birthday, it's it's they declared it years ago. Read you know National Reading Day or Read Across America Day, right? Okay, and or National Cat in the Hat Day, but it was it was a day to celebrate reading for okay. children. Definitely a noble cause, and it was it was put on sort of like spearheaded by I think the National Library Association or Librarians Association or something like that. Well, they came out whenever it was in the mm-hmm. last couple of years right. and said uh, these books are quote unquote problematic. And so they won't be, we're, we're, we're getting rid of them in the library. We'll no longer have them in the library. Okay. And then Geisel's own estate said, we will no longer be publishing these. Right. And that the publishing company that owned them, I don't think they own them, but, but who, the, who publishes the publisher, them? Yeah. Because the, the estate owns them. them. Yeah. yeah. So there was sort of a, Broad agreement and a couple. So I, you know, I would look back at these things, and um, if I ran the zoo, mm-hmm. has some illustrations that, like, yeah, probably they're so bad. There's a picture of some supposed African people in there mm-hmm. that are so bad. I'm not sure a child today would recognize them as being human. Mm-hmm. That's how badly caricatured they are. They're like, like. African people with big fat bellies and like the lips are overdrawn and stuff. They look like some kind of a monster or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like, so that one, I think probably it'd okay. be best if little black kids didn't have to see that when they're flipping through a, a children's book. I, okay. I get that. That's, that's pretty bad. The Asian one is a little bit, a little bit less offensive, but still so, pretty so which, bad. Which one is which? The Asian one is in the. They're both in If I Ran the Zoo. If I ran the zoo, refers to people who wear their eyes at a slant okay. and has a picture of some very 19th century looking like coolie style Chinese people and uh, and and also the African one. And, okay. I, you know, I'm saying and it's, that's probably one of my favorite Dr. Seuss books. I, mean, I read that to my kids all the time. I never really honestly thought much about it. You okay. know, if the kids because because I think the kids see it and they just think it's some kind of a, a creature in the picture. It doesn't look like a person. Right. So it just kind of goes over their head. Mm hmm. So I never really gave that much thought. It never really came up. Put a thumbtack in that. We're going to come okay. back to that. Okay. But the other two, there's a, uh, again, it's the same thing in Mulberry Street. There's a drawing of somebody who's supposed to be Chinese. Expressly, they say he's Chinese. That one's super old-fashioned looking, and it's very old-fashioned to, to like, have a, have a carnival. And mm-hmm. one of the things at the carnival is a Chinese person. Right, like, right. I mean, yeah, maybe in the 1930s that would have been like, oh, my God, look, there's a person who eats right. with sticks, you know, like. Yeah. It's, well, it doesn't say it per, like a, it does. It says a, a Chinese man who eats with sticks. I think is exactly what it oh, says. Um, yeah. And it's just from a time when the world was bigger. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you just you'd be over here in America and you would have like never met anybody from another country. Maybe or right. I, I don't know. That seems hard to believe. You never met anybody from China. I would maybe I, if you're I in a small town. It. Yeah, maybe if you're I a small town. I would definitely believe that. Yeah. I guess. So. Did I ever tell you about when I first moved here? And I was over at the mall, mm-hmm. and I got some Chinese food from the crummy little you met, you food court place. You met a Chinese place. man? Wow. No, oh. I was sitting there eating my food, and this old man comes up, and he's like, and he's like, were you in the service? And I was like, uh, no. Why? Why do you ask? And he's like, where did you learn to eat with chopsticks? And I was just like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I grew up in a city. That's where. Like, I was like, yeah, it didn't even great. occur to me. Like, that's that awesome. was a thing that, you know, somebody would point How out. How old was that old man? Like, 80. Okay, well there you, know, you go. I mean, yeah, he was. So, I mean, he was. It was definitely like something he'd never seen before. Have you ever seen a Have you ever seen a cookbook from like 1960? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, Although they come in editions. Like my mom has the my mom had the joy of cooking. Okay, but it was probably like the 15th edition of it. I don't know if it was what what, what? whatever was in there that was racist <laughs> had probably been taken out. You know. So so I mean like like it, they were ter- typically. Fairly terrible. I mean, like you would have like sweet and sour, and they use like ketchup and pineapple sauce. Oh yeah, and like oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know, they they had no understanding of. Yeah, I mean, it was go go watch Mad Men. You know, Mad Men is a great example of what life was like in the fifties and sixties. And that's for people in New York. And that's in New York, which is cosmopolitan. Right, which is a cosmopolitan right. place. So, I mean, right? Just about the most cosmopolitan place you could imagine. Okay. You, you know, I was, I was uh, when I was on the job. I've been, I've been watching Seinfeld again. Uh-huh. 
and it's a New York show. Like right. it's very much a New York show. And the the lack of sophistication about world stuff, the, the difference between now and 30 mm-hmm. years ago for yeah. New Yorkers is is huge. Already, it's like you're, you're looking at the, the way they refer to things well, from soup, other countries. Soup and, Nazi, for example? Well, no. I mean, they're talking about, they talk about, there's a whole episode called The Chinese Woman mm-hmm. where there's a white lady whose last name is Chang. And so she's, always, it's a pretty funny episode, actually, right. if, you, if you actually watch it. I know it sounds terrible, but the way they talk about it is the, it's like the country was so much less cosmopolitan and so much whiter, even in New York 30 years ago. Might, things, things have changed so that much. That might be because they're, they're, they understand the audience isn't just New York. I mean, it could be that, you know? Maybe, maybe, you know? maybe. I mean, Larry but David's I, not stupid. No, yeah. But I, I think it was really like, I think he's pretty, but you know what? he shoots I, from I the hip. To, you know? I went I to, uh, I had a, a, a job interview at K-State University in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, okay. the little big apple, yeah, as yeah. they call it. On campus, I really quickly noticed that pretty much everybody was white. Oh yeah, in Kansas, yeah, and, and well, Manhattan, Kansas, yeah, K State, and uh, there would be like one cadre of people of color uh-huh. walking in a group, place to place, right? And they're all athletes. They all had like, oh, I and see. how did I know they were athletes? Well, they had like jackets on that said like basketball. They literally had like jackets on that said basketball teams, stuff like that. One of the things I was asked was like, could you teach diversity in your classes? And I, and I, I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, you got to understand that a lot of our students have never seen anybody <laughs> that don't look like them. Right. In their life. Yeah. And so can you, like, how would you teach a wider world to these people? Right. Right. Like that was one of the, that was a, that was a serious discussion here. It's still like that, man. I mean, it's not, you Some know, places, yeah, definitely. It, it really yeah. is, you know. Yeah. I, I would say the Dakotas probably, you know. I'd say Montana, Wyoming, you know, Oh, yeah, West Iowa. Virginia, lots of places. Yeah, yeah. lots of places. Yeah. But it's, any college it's, it's like today, that. there'd be kids from all over the world, I think. No, you, you, well, you, not there. K-State, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I was 2000, so I got, 2006 is when I was on the market. So yeah, um, wasn't mm-hmm. too, too long ago. But I don't know about Manhattan. But, but Manhattan, <laughs> Kansas, not so much. No, I mean, Topeka thing, like, or Wichita is, is, or something. You, you say to yourself, you would think, but you're, you're looking at everything else through the eyes of where you've been. Right. you got to understand, this whole flyover thing is real. You know, the, the flyover states. I hate when people say that. It's true, though. It's I was true. reading an article in The New Yorker the other day, and they referred to um, indistinguishable cities in places like Denver, Houston, and Cincinnati. And I was Holy like, cow. I was like, you realize that forms a triangle where each of the legs of the triangle is about a thousand miles long, right? right? Like that, right. those those are not the same place. They're but not near each other. What's in the any perspective way. they're they're writing from, right? That's the perspective C- that C- everything from center, New York to C- San Francisco yeah. is the flyover. C- yeah, no, center I get of, it. It's, center of the universe. Yes, right. It's very to, obnoxious to, to a lot of elites. So yeah, really, <laughs> mi- you're really missing out on a lot when you have that attitude towards. And I will have the to 3, say that miles that, in that between, uh, you know. the 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 alternative to that story. Which, you know, that blew me away when they asked, can you teach diversity? I'm like, why? Well, nobody's ever seen anybody of color. Yeah. Okay. The alternative was uh, I a couple of weeks later, I interviewed at Auburn in uh, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. And uh, I found out during my interview that Auburn was actually the state university at one time. And it was called like, it wasn't Alabama State University. It was something else. But it was okay. a state university. And I found that out, and, and I'm meeting with the dean of the, of the uh, like, arts and sciences or something like that. He's, like, just bragging on all of their kind of, like, wokeness, uh-huh. even in 2006 and how, how great they are and stuff. And he asked me if, they had, if I had any questions. I said, yeah. I said, I, I do have a question. I said, I just found out that you're, you're, like, the state university, like, the big state university. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, because it's kind of a big thing to be a land-grant state university. Sure. Oh, because there's no Alabama State per se, right? Yeah, I see what you mean. And and so we're here at New Mexico State New University. New Mexico State, right? Right. Land grant. What a land grant means that we accept everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what a state university means. A land grant college right. means we accept everybody. That's our mission. Is that why Auburn changed its name so, so it wouldn't have to so, accept so, black so, people? Is that so, what we're going with so, this? So I, I asked him. I said, "You're the state university." He's uh-huh. like, "Yes, we are." He's very proud about it. And I said. How come there aren't any black people here? Right. <laughs> and his, he looked at me, and he like his face screwed up. It distorted into a, well, a shape I'd never Clint, seen before. There aren't very many black people in Alabama. Well, that's a good point, and and you'd have to be. I'm kidding, by the way. Yeah. There's a lot of black people in Alabama, but it was the same thing on, on that campus. Like the the only the only kind of cadre of, of 
group of people of color I'd see walking around, they're all athletes. That would they, be where is Auburn? Yeah. Is that in Birmingham? No, it's in Auburn. Oh, it's I don't it's, know where it's that north is. like an hour and up half in the or north. Yeah, like okay, right. What's funny, I always say about about that that job interview is I never got they never told me that I wasn't hired. Right. They never told me I was hired, but I, that was <laughs> the only one I ever never got a, a letter from that said, "Sorry, we've moved on to somebody else." Oh yeah, okay. You know, but they also didn't like offer me the job, and all I could think of was like I really poked a hole in his like his woke pride or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because, but it's true. It's you know, anyway. People tuned in to hear about Dr. Seuss, and we're just going off about. Well, that's I don't a good even point. So, Did you grow up with these books? So I had I had a kind of a mini. It wasn't like the the big full ones. There, they made like a mini set. Okay. Like little mini books and stuff. These seem like the ones that I had. These look about right. I had anything cheap is what I had as a kid because I had a terrible childhood. So mm. anything cheap I right. had, and we had like like small little kind of booklet types. Of I don't even know if they had hardback, but. Yeah, I remember all of these. Mm-hmm. If I ran the zoo, is probably my least favorite, actually. Mm. No, I read three? that one a lot when I was a kid. I didn't have Mulberry. I just read Mulberry for the first time for Miguel the show. Miguel Pool. Miguel Gets Pool. I had when I was a kid. I loved yeah. it. It made my dad read it to me over and over again. When I was but it was like those two are. It's all about imagination. Well, I mean, they all all three of them are. But you know, it's kind of like what would happen if type of thing. And uh-huh. your imagination just kind of runs away with you. And right. you just get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's a theme for all three. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yep. And uh, those two I, I particularly liked, you know, thinking – especially I, I really like McGillick's Pool. Like like what's down there? Yep. Right? Me too. Because the premise is that this kid's fishing in this pool and, and this farmer comes along and says, hey, you know, people throw junk down there. That's all that's down there. You're not going right. to catch any fish. And he's like, yeah, but there, maybe there's something below there. Yep. And then he just starts kind of I remember like, that drawing of the tunnel yeah, going yeah, underneath yeah, the, going the house. Yeah, going all the way, yeah. When I was a little kid, we had um, – so some younger listeners may not remember that there was once no such thing as Google Maps. Mm-hmm. So if you had an address in your city that you wanted to go to, you had to, had to use a map that was on paper. And we had mm-hmm. this booklet that had maps of the whole county, yeah. and you'd look up the address and you could go to wherever. And in the book, we'd be in the car. I'd be in the car with my, with my parents, and I would just look at the little stream – behind where my house was mm-hmm. and I would follow it from map to map all the way through Fairfax County and like out to the Potomac River and mm-hmm. to the Chesapeake Bay and I just loved to do that over and over again right. trace where the little and, and I think it was because I like Miguel gets pulled right? when I was yeah. a little kid it was like the idea that you're connected well, when to the I, sea when in some sort of way I don't know I just thought I that was really cool what aquifers were uh-huh. I was like oh my gosh it's real yeah, yeah, you yeah. know because yeah. it could go anywhere like water here sure. could end up you know who knows where right who knows? We're not that far from the Continental Divide here in Las Cruces. Right. I was surprised by that when I moved here. It felt yeah. like it should be somewhere else. I don't know, farther, <laughs> I far, know. farther west I or know. something. But. Yeah, but uh, we're, yeah, we're really close to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, that one really kind of always took my imagination more than the other ones. Yeah. The reason I picked these was I was in our local school library, like NMSU library here. Okay. Pretty much any library you go into, a lot of bookstores you go into, especially if like they're particularly kind of wokish. Right. They have a sign that says, read banned books. Right. All the banned books on uh-huh. there, they're all being banned by the right. Right. And, oh, we can't have that. You know, and and what the right is banning is like, oh, that has too much sexuality. And that talks about LGBTQ and blah, blah, blah. Right. Can't have that. And and so, you know, the woke left is like, ugh. You know, we, let's, 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 you know, deny, deny them that yeah. by let's read all these. Yeah. You wouldn't see one of these Dr. Seuss books, but on I don't the see any there. of these things. Yeah, on no, there. And, it, and it's the no. same thing as like, and you also don't see Huckleberry Finn. You don't see Tom Sawyer on their, on their band list. And I they, think I've seen those listed as banned books. And, and I remember as to one read, of the, read the banned books. I think so. Yeah. I have actually seen that. Um, well, why are those banned? Because, uh, well, the, N-word, because of the racial right? language. Yeah. And so in, but, but it's the same thing with these. It, it's, it makes no sense. Like, either you're for it or you're against it, right? So it's, it's okay. Huckleberry Finn, you read, you're much older. You read it, and you're, it's, you're old enough to have it explained to you that this is from a different time. And uh, these are books that you just hand to a little kid. And, th- and when you give something to a what, little kid— What did you just say about your kids, though? Do they, do they focus on these things? Do they ideate I don't about, really think so. I don't, but you know what? My kids will ask me a question if, if they have a problem. We're, we're very, um, much to my chagrin sometimes, mm-hmm. my kids will tell me if they think something's stupid. It's how yeah. I raise them to be, and it's something I can't stand about them at the same time. Okay. They're very articulate, vocal about not understanding things. So, so what you're saying I can't, is— I can't is have a lot of Tom, Tom Tom Sawyer is intellectual enough that it's older kids, and they'll, they'll get it. 
I, I do think so. But yeah. but but this is to younger kids, and they're stupid, and, they, no. and they'll get brainwashed and think that that's what black people are like, and that's what China people are like, and I, blah, blah, blah. I definitely that's what I'm saying. I think it's on a, on a on a grade. I think that some of the I think that if I ran the zoo is border is is on the line for me, and the other two are sort of like. I read Miguel gets pulled. I've read it like three times since this happened, okay, trying the, to find what, what the problem was with what, it. And what was it? And the only thing I can come up with is, is? that there's a fish called an Eskimo, Eskimo fish, fish right. and there's a picture of a guy in like a parka. That to me is a stretch because it's like, you know, I, I would have, I, I know better. I don't say Eskimo. I've taught my kids that. We talk about Native American, you know, history and culture, whatever. But yeah. like, I, I think most Americans probably still say Eskimo. Probably. I'd say 90% of people still say Eskimo Probably. referring to Inuit. have no idea that it's offensive. Don't mean anything by it. Right. And this is something that's going on 100 years old. Uh, that, that's a stretch to me. Right. I think the book is good enough to get over the, to get over that. Okay. I I like if I ran the zoo. I always liked that one. It's fun, you know. But those, I mean, really, if a, if you focused on those pictures of like the the, the Africans in the drawing, it's pretty bad. So I could see maybe trying to edit it, go with a different drawing or something like that. I don't see so, why you couldn't so, do that. So for our, cho our choices are like that is an option, and we've looked at that recently because I think there have been animated movies features that have edited kind of themselves, like self-edited. I think so. Yeah. Things. Yeah. The alternative was what Disney did, which was saying like this could be offensive to, to somebody. Right. I, th I think the whole thing is crap. I think the whole thing is stupid. It, it really is. It, it's not making the world better. It's not making the world worse. It's not doing anything, you know, generally speaking. Well, I'm with you. I mean, a lot of it is um, it's, it's, it's like It's like posturing or something. It, it really is posturing. I don't think it does anybody any yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I was saying that. Know, I, I and, don't like people, like, signifying virtue. Right. I just find that to be so obnoxious. You know, making a big campaign against some, about something like this because – it's your way of proving to everybody that you're in the right place and stuff. You know, I don't have a lot of time for that. I mean, that. a, bo that, a that book is a book. Me. Look, Mind Conf is out there. Mind Conf is not banned. Okay, right. there are. But if Mind Conf, but if Mind Conf, not that this is like Mind Conf. This is not the equivalent. Right. But if that were a picture book, you wouldn't just hand it to a four-year-old. And let them but flip a four-year-old isn't going to get anything out of that. I mean, they're really—they're re really not. It, I don't honestly think so. Ridiculous. You know, because like you said, generally speaking, you're you're doing Cat in the Hat, you're doing yeah. ABC, you're doing. You know, well, we had these. We had we had these two. These ones. two are part of our rotation. Um, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, On Beyond Zebra. Everybody really liked One Fish Two Fish. One Fish Two Fish. Yeah. We always read uh, these. These two. I had a couple more when I was a kid, but I think that's about the basic like six or seven yeah. that I read to my kids when they were little. We own the Lorax, but I don't remember ever reading it. I really liked Bartholomew Cubbins and the Ooblack when I was a kid. Mm. I loved that one. I don't know why. Again, it was like the pictures were really evocative, these big yeah. towers and things like that. I don't know. It just, I, I liked, read a lot of the, the – uh, the, uh, I liked the drawings in the Dr. Seuss a lot when um, I was a kid. more political ones. Like uh, what yeah. were the ones with, with the two that, that – The Sneetches. Yeah, Sneetches. Yeah. The Sneetches. Uh, Yertle the Turtle. Yertle the Turtle. And uh, you know what's funny? He was talking about Yertle the Turtle. And uh, he sort of did it as a metaphor for Hitler, mm -hmm. and he was worried people would be offended by that. But he got in trouble because it was the first time a children's book had ever had a character burp, <laughs> was what they complained about. Wow. Well, so. uh, makes sense. I, I just think, look, we're, we're, we're in kind of a fad time right now. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I have a tendency to want to buck the local the, yeah. the trends. I the, mean, the, I, the fad right now is, is anything that could possibly yeah. cause, you know, any type of rile to – People of color, or I mean, you know, the Eskimo uh, thing, I think is a stretch. I think that's ridiculous. But I, I, I'm, I'd come down on the side of if I if I show you the, this drawing here, these these guys. I mean, honestly, I don't even know they're supposed to be humans. These drawings of supposedly African people, those are pretty bad. Um, now, in defense of it, there's a drawing here of a Russian who <laughs> looks just as ridiculous. Yeah. So clearly we're not dealing with like a racial, it's just kind of making fun of people from other countries by yeah. caricaturing them. Right. So I don't know. I don't, and, and they do in the text refer to people having slant eyes, which is kind of uncomfortable in a children's book, especially because if you think about it, a lot of kids are reading it, they'll be Asian. It's not like it's all white kids that we're worried about. Like you could be Asian kid reading that, be like actually offended. Well, that's true. That's kind of like hurtful for a kid to read that. Well, what we could do but is. helpers who all wear their eyes at a slant. And look at these pictures. And that's, mm, mm. Uh, that make you uncomfortable, you know, like a Korean dad reading that to his kid. That'd be that'd be pretty uh, a Korean American kid, you know. That that's that's uncomfortable. Even just reminding people that at one point it's just marginalizing, I guess. Like make you feel like you're you're an exotic creature mm. in a way. 
you think about it. I, I wouldn't. I could see why a parent would be uncomfortable reading that to their kid. How do you just make people know what's in there? Or I don't really know how you go about it. I don't know. I don't know either. I think, you know. I don't like banning books. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think, you know, Disney has tried to do the kind of sensitivity thing. Like, this is what you're going to find in here. Right. And I, you know, I don't mind that so much. That's a little bit better of an you know, approach. You don't want to. You know, maybe a, maybe a page at the beginning that say, hey, parents. Yeah. Just so you'll know. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this was written in 1934. Uh-huh. You know, worldviews have, have changed since then. Yeah. You know, and, and... Now, you could see why a publishing company, for instance, just wouldn't want to deal with that, and they'd just drop it. <laughs> right. You know, but that's right. that's their choice. That's that's a commercial decision to some extent. No, I it really that. is. Yeah, it really but is. But the libraries, I don't know. That's what really kind of... I mean, you know how I am with my kids, off, though. Yeah. I'm not real hypocritical on this. I'm yeah. pretty open about letting my kids watch and mm-hmm. read and see just about everything. And just we talk about it. You more so than me. I know. And, that's, and yeah. that's something that I'm big on. I, I really don't restrict right. their access to things. I don't want them to see really upsettingly graphic violence. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I try to stay away from, like, anything that's sort of, like, pruriently sexual. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. want to watch that with my kids. Just, just yeah, something yeah. that's designed to titillate people. Like, right, right, right. Um, you know, sexuality in general, I'm, I'm not really, it's not a big deal, but, um, I know a lot of my friends restrict what their kids watch way more than I do. Um, and so I think they maybe would be hypocritical if they said that they were upset about this because this is just somebody else's decision about what they don't want their kids to see. Yeah. I think I'm on pretty, pretty solid ground. I'm pretty open about, oh, you read the word Eskimo. Don't say the word Eskimo. That's a rude thing that people used to, you know, people used to say it. They didn't understand what it meant. Let's move on. You know, mm-hmm. we'll have a discussion about it. That's just kind of the way I parent, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. But let's, let's face this thing. Let's talk about it. Let's move on. But I'm good at talking to my kids and I don't really sequester them from things. Um, and some people don't have the inclination or the time to do that. You know, I have to sort of, I have to sort of understand that about other people's parenting situation. Right. They don't, they don't have the resources right. I do. So I don't know. Trying to be judgmental. Yeah. I am still judgmental, but. But you know, I, I have to go back to a couple things. So, so let's let's you and I are, are a different case. Okay, you okay. you are an attorney. True. Married to a physician. True. I am a professor. Right. Married to a NP. So we have a, a bit of background, like uh, academic background, I guess. Yeah, say. D- definitely. Yeah. But let's let's more think about, more education than is probably healthy for us. Think about yeah. my mom, for example, that okay. who who read these stories to me. Who didn't have, you know, a lot of that. So, you know, she probably, I mean, I know she didn't explain, you know, we don't call it this anymore or. Is Peter Pan, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but is Peter Pan banned? Well, no, but at the beginning. There's a whole bunch of Indians. Yes. The Indians are exoticized. Native Americans. But no, they're called the Indians in Peter Pan and they're, you know. But but they, yeah, but they represent Native Americans. Like Tiger Lily and stuff. Yeah, but at the beginning of the movie, it has this this whole oh, it does okay thing. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but, sorry, but, but, I interrupted. No, you. that's the thing. Is like my mom would never have have said, you know what? We don't really refer to this anymore, or this right. is kind of like a very antiquated. You know, we've we've grown since then. You know, we progressed past that type of thing. My mom never would have said that, and still probably wouldn't say that. I or think she one of the things that, that to my to my kids. One of know? the things that drives me the most crazy about it is it's like once someone says they want to cancel something like this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I use the word cancel sloppily, um, mm-hmm. but once they say it, it's like it's like you can't even have a conversation about why or question it. Automatically, you're assumed to be like a virulent racist if you're like, well, why do we have to, what's the, re-? you know, some of my friends, were. I was in Phoenix mm-hmm. and they were talking about there was this road, it used to be called, I don't know, Squaw Mountain or something like that and they changed it. Right. And I was like, I was like, why did they change it? And they were like, well, you know, squaw is an offensive word. And I was like, well, what's a, f- I, I didn't mean like, I'm going to keep saying squaw, God mm-hmm. damn it, no matter what you people, I was just like, literally, what, what's offensive about that? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't talk to me about it. They were just like, like offended that well, I asked the question. Did they not know though? I don't know. I didn't get an answer. That's what they left me Cause, just cause being I'll, like. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I really don't. I, I think. I mean, it's I, just I think, a word people used to refer to Native American women, and right. I guess it would have been sort of. But I. But I think it's become sort of. A, I think it's become a, a pejorative over the years. Is it you know? pejorative? I guess that's what I was asking. It's weird to have a word see, for it, a woman it, of a certain culture. I guess, but it didn't. I needed an explanation is what I was saying. And I wasn't I allowed know, to. I, it, I don't think it, I don't think it 
started out that way, but it, it's become that, right? I, I, I certainly think, never I think, heard anybody use it in but, a pejorative but, but way. But I think it's an old-fashioned word. But I think it's it's become perception more mm. than reality. We think that it could be something bad. Yeah. So therefore, we got to get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. There there have been there have been multiple cases where, uh, like phrases have been banned. Uh, you know, whatever you know, things have been banned because. Oh, okay. So uh, jingle bells, like the the, okay. the song jingle bells. That song was canceled, and this this story actually just happened this past year. So it was would have been twenty twenty one holidays. It was banned from a music program in like a Connecticut elementary school or something like that uh-huh. because they somehow associated the song Jingle Bells with like minstrel shows. Okay. Oh, right. And it was based on an academic paper written by a historian, like a professor of history uh-huh. who, you know, discussed the song Jingle Bells and blah, 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 and how bells were put on like Mr. Bojangles, kind well, of right. Bells and were that, put and on. What most, Mr. Bojangles. Is? Bells were okay. put on slaves, so if they had tried to escape, okay, like they could hear them or something like that. Okay. okay, so there was that part of it and everything else. Okay, so it, it mentions that in the paper, but the song had nothing to do with that. Yeah, the song was about is actually about basically uh, horse racing, but they would do it with slaves. Uh huh. Okay, and if you if you look at the words of the song, and it, it it's verified that this guy, there's a guy that wrote this. He wrote it in a bar, and it was about betting on horse racing. Okay, and there's this particular town where they race up and down with sleighs. Okay, okay. and uh, so that that's the original song. So what happened was this this school somebody at the school read this paper and it associated this song with something bad. Right. And they said, "Oh my God, we can't do that anymore." Yeah. All right. So it's now, it's now, and and they said it was because of this association with like minstrels and slavery and all this other stuff. The researcher who wrote the paper came out and said, "No, no, 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 no it has nothing to do with that." Right. No, no. I, I I mentioned that you know in in the paper, but that has you shouldn't cancel. That's stupid. Right. That has nothing to do with it. It was just it was the notion or the whiff or the dusting or whatever you want to call it of this weird association and they're like okay we can't do that now yeah it, it wasn't a direct association it had nothing really to do with it so i think it's two things going on but there. it was like, like a notion of it but let's be and honest that was enough the person who brings that up at the school board meeting should be they do it because they want to get attention because they want to be the person to put something out there in mm-hmm. front of the in front of the meeting get attention get to feel self-righteous for a few minutes but then the problem is, is that like you, like you're saying, oh, we can't sing Jingle Bells anymore. That's racist. And somebody goes, why is Jingle Bells racist? And everybody goes, racist. Yeah, you're a racist you know? because you asked that. Because right? that's what it was yeah. like with the squaw thing is I was like, honestly, innocently asking the question, mm. what's, what's, uh, what's wrong with that word? Like, can you just exp-? And everybody just like clammed up. The whole car was like silent. I was like, I didn't just burn a cross <laughs> on someone's lawn. <laughs> right, I'm just right. curious what the, you know. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember one of my friends, we all said Oriental for Asian people mm-hmm. up until, I don't know, this was like 1990, 91 or something. And one of my friends was like, uh, you, you shouldn't say Oriental. That's like for things you should say Asian. And I was just like, I don't really 100% understand that logic, but okay, I don't want to say something that's offensive to people. So I just changed, you know, mm-hmm. no big deal, you know, but that was somebody Asian telling me how it made them feel. And I was like, okay, okay. if I'd been in that car with a Native American woman and she'd said, we change that word because it's offensive to me. It makes me feel bad. I'd, the conversation would be over. Right. I don't need to use a word that makes you feel bad. It's like when a bunch of white people tell me right. what I should say about Native Americans, I'm like, you sure you're not just being a self-righteous, you know, twit? Sure. Like, yeah. you know, it's like the whole Redskins thing with the team. I never heard a single Native American tell me that they thought that was offensive. Now, I don't know a whole lot of Native, but I do, I do know some. I never heard anybody talk about that, yeah. that that was offensive to them. And, and in the second somebody did, I would have been like, okay, change it. I just don't really want to listen to a bunch, bunch of like self-righteous white people right. from New England think of it. Right. You know, like I, I don't care what they think. So, like, so, and, and that, that, that's actually a really good point because 
if a black dad had complained about this book mm-hmm. and said it offended his little black kid, hundred percent, right. I would have been like, "Yeah, let's drop sure. it. Let's drop it. We don't. I don't. Uh, that makes me feel bad the, that your kid. Do you have the bad, Librarians you know? Association, which I of would white gar- ladies from Connecticut. I would guarantee yeah. is ninety six percent white. Yeah, they, they're Willing the one, to feel self righteous. They're, they're the ones. To have they're something the ones on their saying yeah. that you know this is this is how it should be. Right. And it's like, uh, really? Yeah. You know, do we really have to listen to that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but it should open a discussion. You know, it's a bit like, I mean, this is a trend in American intellectual life ever since the beginning, starting with the witch trials. Yeah. And then with the communists. And then when now it's racism, it's like there's always a thing that's so bad Mm -hmm. that we can't even have a discussion of it once it comes up. You know, like if somebody is accused of being communist, even to ask questions about like, why do you think they're a communist? They go, communist. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right. you must be a communist. Yeah, because yeah, you asked that question. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, you, you got to be careful not to not to get outside the, uh, the little town hall meeting if you're an American. Right. Like, we pounce on people. It's just kind of part of our culture, I think. Yeah. Um, there, you know, one of, the, one of the, my favorite paintings ever, uh, Norman Rockwell, he painted a series of, I think it was a series of the Bill of Rights. Okay. And so, oh, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah, with the guy standing up to talk, the sort of homeless looking guy standing up to yeah, talk. He, the, yeah, so he's, so he's standing up, he's like in a church or something. Yeah. There's like all these pews, he's standing up to talk, and everybody around him, some people have a look of like disdain on their face, right. some people right. irritation, some people, you know, acceptance. The point is, you have the right to speak. Yes, yeah, I remember no that. No matter picture, what. Yeah. And it's, it's such a powerful picture. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it should be. Like, you know, if it, if it offends you, it offends you, but that's on you. I ha- I still have the right to speak. If it if it makes you mad, if you don't agree with it, if it makes you angry, well, that's fine. This is my opinion, and I have that right to, to to express it. Okay, and I might be wrong personally. I'm I'm wrong a lot, and but then you have the right to tell me that how I'm wrong. There's not, a- not just to tell me to shut up. But to say, you know what? There's a line in this there. Is, this is why. This is why you're wrong. There's the old Oliver Wendell Holmes quote about, you know, it doesn't give you the right to shout fire in a crowded theater. But right? you're not shouting fire. No, no. But, but if you're it, offending somebody, but hear me out for a second. Yes, just being offended. But there's a there's like a spectrum there where at some point, saying the words, "Go grab that black guy and string him up from a tree," mm-hmm. is just speech, right? But at the same time, it's like shouting fire. In a theater, it's dangerous. Yes, someone could die. Someone could be hurt. I agree, because but of it. that that that's that's a really so, extreme so example. Though it's an extreme example, but the point is I'm, that I'm trying to draw is that there's a that there's a spectrum where sometimes some of this language could be incendiary enough, you know, especially in this country with our history, well, racial language could be incendiary enough to be borderline very dangerous. It's a it's a line, and I'm 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 not set on where I think the line is. In other words, I had a conversation with some people about like Trump talking about to his followers about overturning the election. And then they went and attacked the Capitol. And it was like, was it enough that he was inciting them? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm right on the, you know what I mean? Like, well, the, the, the thing I hate the gray the, area. The thing I hate is, you know, the stupid dog whistle thing. Like, so it, it's like an implicit coded signal. Right. That what you, is what, what the you, biggest. Like cra- what? What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. It's like, oh, that's, that's uh, a dog whistle for racists to go and, Burn down a church. Oh, you mean like you don't whatever. think that ever? Ha- oh, well, it wouldn't you know, be that bad, but I mean, or whatever it happens to be. Like, like what the, was the? What the was whole, it? Was the it whole Hillary church. Clinton that was talking about super predators, trying to scare, <laughs> scare scaring people about yeah. super predators right, in the right. cities? And I'm like, yeah, you know exactly what image you're painting right. in the mind of white women right. in Middle America when you say that. Well, that is a dog whistle. That was like '98. Now right? that I don't think that should be illegal because I don't think that's incendiary enough to be directly connected mm. to violence, right? Like, I think that's far enough that as a, we have to tolerate crappy speech like that. Yeah. You know, we have to just be like, yeah, okay. The remedy for someone saying something dumb like that is to call out how dumb it is and what they're trying to do. And right. we use our unfortunately withering rhetorical skills as a nation mm. to deal with crappy speech. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're a democracy. We're supposed to be skilled in rhetoric. rhetoric. We're supposed to be articulate. We're supposed to be able to confront bad thoughts. There's supposed to be a vigorous marketplace of ideas, right? In America, mm-hmm. that's what a democracy is. 
So when she says that, we a republic. well, but we have democratic principles. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a republic in terms of representative democracy. Mm. You know, we are supposed to have free speech and we're supposed to be bouncing ideas off each mm. other and, and free to make our own choices mm. when we vote and things like that. But but the, the remedy is to stand up and call somebody out when they say right. something like that. So I'm, I'm okay with that kind of speech. Well, not, I, not its it, content, it, obviously. But, 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 but so actually what you just said is exactly right. The point is like you, you stand up and you say, this is what you said. Mm-hmm. And this is what's wrong with it. Right. Not essentially doing the same thing to your own followers, like having some general message. They said whatever. I mean, because that, that's doing what the people in the car did when, when you said, what, what's wrong? Okay, what's wrong with the word squaw? Right. Like, you know, and then everybody just, just shuts up and, and you know, like damns you I for mean, some of asking it, a question. I mean, some of it is because they think I'm a racist who wants to fight. And they just don't want to get into it, right? And I'm like, oh. no, that's really not. I would hope you guys know me better than that. That's really not what's going on here. Like, I'm just literally confused. What's what's right. wrong with that? You know, right. we really got off onto general political. We really did. I'm gonna, really I'm gonna get so back. I'm gonna get Dr. back to. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna get back to Geisel real quick. Did you know that he served with Stanley in what in the military? Uh, I know he had some role in the in yeah. World War II. Yeah. So in the uh, in the army, he was uh, the he was made a captain. Okay. He was put in charge of an animation, like company. Oh like right, they, they I think the they animation. did some stuff that was very positive towards the Japanese. Didn't yes, they? absolutely. Yep. No, yeah. no, they Japanese, uh, especially Japanese Americans. Oh really? About Japanese oh, Americans? Oh boy, that was bad. Like yeah. supporting the internment and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Ugh. Like uh, that's pretty gross. Like there was one. Uh, there was one where basically there was a Japanese-looking person, I guess. Oh boy. Uh, in America, standing in America being handed a big roll of dynamite uh, by a Japanese person in Japan uh-huh. because then they can take it to somewhere in America and blow America up, I guess, wow, or something yeah. like that. Jeez. Um, yeah, that's so, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big but, fan but he of that. Actually, but uh, the, the thing I am, I am kind of a fan of was that he actually served, served with Stan Lee. So Stan Lee cool. was also, uh, and that's not, it's like Stan Leibowitz or something like that, but uh, he- Lieber. Uh, Lieber, yeah. he uh, he served also in World War II in I think the animation department or whatever right. it was called, um, and he served with Geisel. I think that's really cool. Yeah, you, you know, know actually, kind of originally uh, there was a character who had a magic shrinking and growing suit um, that he developed during the war called Slantman, <laughs> and they had yeah. to change it after the war. Really, to Antman? Did he with sticks? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly that was his power. He would <laughs> grab people with a stick. Oh, with a six, yeah. So speaking of speaking of things that I may have to cut from the show, uh-huh. uh, I wanted to so the people that don't like the Eskimo thing about Miguel gets pulled. I wanted okay. to point out something that's very groundbreaking okay. in this book. Uh, this page about the fish that the kind that likes flowers, yes, is uh, wearing makeup and rainbows and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. This yeah. is the first trans character in a children's illustrated. Well, that's book. definitely that's definitely not a. A woman. That's a drag fish. That is a that is a uh, that is a trans not, not, someone no, who identifies. Trans. He identifies. Not as trans. A, that's a drag fish. Oh, you think? Not a dragon fish. <clears throat> a drag fish. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally right. different. Yeah, but I, I think maybe we should let this back into the camp. He's, he's going to go actually. Or maybe the he's actually going to go be. read a book in a library, in a uh, drag fish reading session, or okay. something, or go dance in the uh, in the mall or something like that. I don't know. Go dance in the. All right. They, yeah, they had an old dra- trans dance thing in the mall. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you know we went to, uh, have you ever been to, uh, it's called Delicias del Mar. It's a seafood place. It's no, over on no. Paseo. Yeah. Okay, so we went there one time. Karina and I went there, and we had we had dinner. We liked it. So mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we had these friends of ours that wanted to go to dinner. We were like, oh, we really like this place. Let's go there Friday night. So we get there on Friday night. And, I mean, it's just this, like, random little seafood place in the middle of town here. Right. And we go in, and it's drag night. Isn't that weird? And there's like a lady singing. And there's families eating their dinner, and there's this lady going around singing drag. There's this guy well, going weird, around but and it's drag, just... like singing to tables. I was like, "What is this cultural <laughs> phenomenon?" <that laughs> right. like, yeah, totally random. I was like, "Is this there, a Mexican there, thing that there, I don't know about?" There are places I, all around town that do that. It's like there are. Okay, yes. All right. Okay, so it's that's not something. just that place. But but then I don't know. I mean, you know, you hear like Hispanic people are, are fairly conservative and then D- that's what I think. You know, right? then, I think of them then, as being right, yeah, right. in general, pretty conservative, but this yeah. was like, everybody's just down with this drag <laughs> show in the middle of their dinner <laughs> right, with their right. kids there. And I was like, right. huh? oh, I don't yeah. get this is not firing. I don't know. <laughs> it's like this thing in Louisiana where every once in a while, uh-huh. go get a drink or go get dinner and you'd be sitting there. And all of a sudden they open up the doors and ladies in lingerie come in and walk around 
walk around your table, and then leave. Why? I don't know. I never figured it out. It was like unpredictable. You'd just be at the daiquiri shop on a Tuesday night, and all of a sudden, ladies would come in and laundry and walk around. I remember I was with my parents. Are parent. you supposed to like give money? I don't know what or? you were supposed to. No one ever explained this huh. phenomenon to me. Interesting. It was I was a little kid. The first time I ever went to Louisiana, I was having like lunch somewhere with my parents, and these ladies walk in and walk around the table <laughs> and laundry. I was I was like eleven. I was like, what is this? Is going? the best thing I ever. Like, I want to move here. I that's, was like, that's why you went to college here. I was like, maybe yeah. if my parents hadn't been there, I would have yeah. enjoyed it more. It was kind of awkward. But that's why you went to law school. I, I very it. weird phenomenon. Yeah, I, I never it. figured out what that was. So, which of these books was your favorite? Probably the McGilligot's Cool or Pool. pool. McGilligot's Pool? Yeah. 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 yeah I'm, it's either that or if I ran. I, I don't know. I can't decide. I like both of those. Although, you know, I do. It's interesting because there's this this kind of like split between pre-World War II and then post-World War II with, with his themes. Like pre-World War II, he had this like big imagination. It was still written in poetry, kind of fantastical worlds. And then post was all about little kid stuff. Uh-huh. Right. It was like the Green Eggs and Ham and it was uh, the ABC book and, you know, those those uh, one fish, two fish type of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of like the the pre-World War Two, like the more the older kids stuff, because it was it was less of. Yeah. Like teach, oh, you mean the Cat in the Hat and stuff like that? No, no, no. That was post. That was post-World yeah. War Two. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying pre-World War Two. These. Well, these are yeah. the two of the three are after the war, 47 and 50. Uh, well, 34 is McGillicuddy. 37 is Mulberry. 40 Mulberry, rather. 47 is oh, okay. the Gallagher's, right. and then the other one's 50. So, so, I, so I'm thinking like they're this, all like immediately, I, yeah, I'm thinking, right after yeah, the war. Yeah, I'm thinking I mean, like first couple of pre-war years. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the, the, but, you know, the idea of Cat in the Hat that was the first time it ever occurred to somebody that maybe you could get kids to read right by writing them a book that they would enjoy reading <laughs> right, while right. learning to read, which yeah. seems like so obvious. Now they have like right. whole Harry Potter series, which yeah, essentially sure. exists to get kids reading. Right. I, how was that not obvious? They were just like, see Dick and Jane. Yeah, right. Jane, you know, but that must have been torture to go to school see, back then. See spot run, you know, or bark spot bark or something stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any surprises? Biggest anything, su- anything catch you off guard about this? Biggest surprise. Let's see. What was my? What would have been my biggest surprise? Well, you know, actually, it, really interesting was uh, his dad was a brewery or a brewmaster or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was really cool, uh, but also like everything they went through during World War One, because they're German immigrants, and mm-hmm. during World War One, they there was they like personally suffered a lot of abuse. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because we read about that in Tree Grows in Brewers. Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, the Germans right. getting picked yeah. on, and the Irish having contests with the Germans, the singing contests. And yeah, stuff, yeah. So. And so, and so that really happened to them. And they were like, he and his sister were just kind of mercilessly, you know, teased and everything. And like, you know, in the late nineteen uh, teens, uh-huh. uh, because of their last name, their German heritage. I think their parents spoke German. Um, he spoke German. Oh, he spoke yeah, German he, too. He, but, he did but, speak German, but his, was, his parents bilingual. like primarily spoke German. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and uh, and everybody knew that. So in the little town they're in, in was it Missouri? Uh, no, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, rather Springfield, Mass. Yeah, not that small of a town. It's a, I guess it's kind of small. probably in nineteen teens. Yeah, maybe. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so minor that, that, minor that surprise really for me. I thought he was born in Germany. Huh. I thought he was an immigrant. I didn't really know that he was his born parents in the were. States. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought Doctor Seuss came over from Germany okay. as a kid. Yeah. That was I, I never read his biography, so that was my minor surprise. Uh, you know, I'll say one of my biggest regrets in life. Okay, it was there ni- was this girl. There was this girl. No, it was nineteen ninety. Gosh, four ninety five. Okay, okay. I went to Vegas for the first time. Okay, my life. I had and I was imagine Clint with frosted tips. Yeah. <laughs> frosted her tips. Yeah. And I had yeah, like that's I, true. Yeah. I had like no money. I had I had a credit card with five hundred dollar limit. I had like two hundred dollars cash. I was in Vegas, no money, didn't know what I was doing there anyway. Right. And in Caesar's Palace, there used to be this really great art gallery in the like the forum shops at Caesars. And I walked in there and they had an original Oh yeah. Theodore Geisel. Oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. And uh, it was an oil painting. It was probably like, it wasn't that big. It was maybe like three by, I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe like two by, by four, maybe two by three, something like that. And it was $500. Yeah. $500. That's blood money for when you're a kid. For original. Though. That's blood money theater when you're guys, I'm 21 years old. Yeah, no. You're not I've got 500 that. bucks no. on my credit no. card. Ah. I've got $200 cash. And I was like, oh, 
I wanted it so bad, and I, I walked away from it. Yeah. And that thing's probably like twenty five thousand. You would have made your money easily. back on that. Oh easily, God, yeah. yes, yeah. That My dad is... almost bought a chimpanzee once. Really? Is that a pet store in DC? From Theodore Geisel? No, but there yeah. was a chimpanzee, and he had just gotten paid. He had named like, Theodore Geisel. He had like seventy five dollars in his pocket, and this guy was like, <laughs> "This guy was like, you want you want this chimpanzee?" My dad was like. How much? The guy was like seventy dollars. My dad was wow. like, "Wow." He was like, Five "I have the money in my over. pocket. I can buy." He could, like, he could buy all the bananas for him. In I the know. World, I know. That probably oh, would have been a bad idea. That would have been great. You do not want an adult chimpanzee <laughs> in your house. Like people get crazy. their heads like like faces literally ripped off. By oh yeah, things. no, it's, so it's, it's terrible, are, terrible creature. Are, yeah, you don't want them. Yeah. So, so I got a little bit into. They mentioned in the Wikipedia article uh-huh. that he wrote an anapestic tetrameter. Yeah. And I don't understand those kinds of things about yeah. poems, but I find them right. fascinating. So I kind of looked into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how it's not called Twas the Night Before Christmas. It's called A Visit from St. Nicholas yeah. is in that same meter. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then there was other examples. They said Eminem uses anape- anapestic tetrameter in some of his songs. And so I was looking at the lyrics and like reading them. I was like, oh, they totally do. Like, we, that, like uh, the, way that I, the way I am. You know, and he's like, he's like, I sit back with this pack, his zigzags in this bag of this weed. It gives me the shit needed to be the most meanest MC on this earth and since birth. You know, like the, uh-huh. it's it's Doctor Seuss. I never yeah. picked up on that before. Yeah, I think that's super funny. Did, did you know but, where he got that from, Doctor Seuss? Did you read where he got that from? Uh, is it the German poem? Because no, that's no, what no. that's what I'm about to talk about here. That was really neat. That was my biggest surprise. Okay, go for it. Is that somebody went to him and they were like, you know, your verse sounds like Goethe. There's this poem called Erkönig, mm-hmm. and it sounds just like that. And Doug, and Geisel just rattled off the first couple of verses yeah. of yeah. Erkönig. Well, he knew it, yeah. Beca- because it sounds like this, okay? It's like, Wer reitet so spät durch Nacht und Wind? Es ist der Vater mit seinem Kind. And it's like, yeah. that's Dr. Seuss. Right. That's that's that same meter again. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. So that's my biggest surprise. It's he like, claims he got it from, there was a, a steamship. Yes, that yes, he came, came right. over, and yeah. it was the it was the rhythm of right. the engines. Right. Ba-boom, 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 what was the phrase? Ba-boom, what was the phrase ba-boom. he had from Mulberry Street? It was like I didn't see that it was the one that was in his head all through it, and then he turned it into Mulberry Street, and it's not actually in the poem. It's not actually in the book. Mm, I don't know but, um, that one. Yeah, it's a, but yeah, it's uh, it's like you know the thrumming of the engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the the what he he was sick. He was seasick yeah, yeah. and listening to yeah. it the whole time. And that is a story that no one can beat. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, Street just yeah. kept going through his head yeah, while yeah. he was like seasick with fever or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> listen, listen I could see engines. that. I could see that happening to me, yeah. definitely. So yeah, for sure. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Oh, I have to choose. Yes, it's on you. Oh, man. Um, so, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street is his first. Yes. And I think when we're talking about maybe, we talked about Huckleberry Finn, right? You're talking about banning Huckleberry Finn, and I think you have to balance the harm and the offense mm-hmm. against what would be lost if you ban it. Mm. Huckleberry Finn, I think the use of the one word that you could explain to a teenager and tell them it's a different time, and, and it's being chosen in the book to show racial prejudice, right? That that's clearly worth it. Have, having to have that discussion, that book is good enough that it's worth it. So I think that this being so important for little kids and like learning to read and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and touching on, we didn't even talk about how his method of embracing imagination for children touched off just all of the children's literature of the mid 20th century. All these things like um, where the wild things are and stuff like that. Like nobody was doing stuff like that before Dr. Seuss. And I think that think that would be lost, you know, like maybe if you want to, like I said, maybe some kind of editing for the the Chinese guy in Mulberry street. That's the only offensive thing in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the book could probably survive that. If I ran the zoo, I'd probably want to do something about some of those illustrations. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think the McGilligan's Pool one is pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think that that's worth canceling something that yeah. kids would really like otherwise. It opens up their imaginations. I think that the, the book is good enough to get over that hump. Um, and if it comes up, just, you know, tell a kid don't say that. That's what people right. used to say. Pretty easy discussion. So uh, in terms of a kid's book, and I, and I love these drawings, and I remember them from when I was a kid, I would toast it. Cool. Uh, I think I'm in. So All right, man. Well, All right. Know. Cheers. Was that loud enough, or do we step on it by talking? Oh, yeah. Terrible. A muted. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Toasting the Classics. We've uh, toasted Dr. Seuss, Soyce. In general. Uh, I'm going, going ahead and say I think, Dr. I think Seuss in, in general. I think in general, yeah. I think in general. Everybody knows it's, Cat it's, in the Hat. Everybody knows Green Eggs in right. We don't need to talk about those. But. It's, it's just, it's, well, anyway. But, uh, yeah. All right. So our next one, uh, it's going to be, what, in like two or three weeks from now. Oh, yeah. It's going to yeah. be a really long time from now. What are we, uh, what are we doing? 
We are going to be doing a film which I consider to be kind of topical, uh-huh. uh, which is a 1980s classic of violent war fiction called Red Dawn. Violent war f- nonfiction? What? Nonfiction, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk about All that right. on the next show. And uh, for Toast and Classics, this is Dave MacArthur. And this is Clint Lanier. Peace out. Peace. That's it for episode 50 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some milk stout for next week's crossover episode where we'll be discussing the works of Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know what childhood classics you'd like to toss onto a flaming pyre. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @ractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. <laughs>